Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time it may be, wherever you are. My name is Craig Hagan, and you're listening to Raymond's Weekly Podcast. Um, today, we're actually it's September the 2nd that we're recording this program, sitting right here with Tony McKinnon. We call him T-Mac, and um, the students are registering. Uh, the campus is buzzing. Yes, yes. it's come to, sprung to life. Yeah, we started registration for first year yesterday, and today was second year, and tomorrow we start our student revival. Yeah. And Somebody so, even had my parking spot when I got back from lunch. That's the problem. Oh, it's a problem. Yeah, probably, probably a new yeah. student. They didn't see the Instagram post yeah. where it says not no to, blue line, no not parking in the blue. You know, I, whoever that is just failed first term class. <laughs> they failed their first term yeah. class. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, checking the news. I mean, a lot of things are going on. Um, had a hurricane hit. You yep. know, and so how'd your food places end up? Uh, that was the uh, question that I asked one of the pastors. As soon as I found out he was okay, I wanted to know how is Don's seafood. Yes, because he, he's, he said all the oysters washed away. Are you being serious? <laughs> Pick it on me. Yeah. 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 It was, first was them. Second was my restaurant. Is it okay? Yes. Because T-Mac is our food critic. Yeah. He likes to eat food wherever he goes. And so. Um, you name a town, I can tell you where to eat. All right. Yeah. And then things are going on in New York. I yep. Mean, I guess we are living the last days and having, it talked about having floods. Yep. And, Things like that, and we do need to be praying for the people who are absolutely. I mean, because a lot of times we were talking about beforehand, New Orleans seems you know, held pretty well, even though they don't have power. But a lot of other communities got hit yeah. pretty hard. Yeah, and but thank God our, our Rama churches so far we yeah, talked so to, far everybody's in good shape except for power, you know, yeah. minor thing. And you know, I, I know someone posted on Facebook the other day. They're like, you know, well, I feel bad for what's going on, even though some people were saying, well, they didn't lose their life. Well, I've, I've worked in tornado um rescue and tornado damage stuff and i saw a gentleman who actually was a police chief of a certain town and he just retired and and had bought a ranch and you know brand new house brand new um barn all kinds of stuff and he was ready for retirement and tornado took it all out with f5 tornado i mean i mean he was crying i mean he didn't even want to go look for stuff it was so bad you know so i mean just because he was safe Still, I mean, people lose their stuff, and they lost everything he's worked for. He's like, man, you know, I might as well die. I've, everything I've worked for all these years, and it's all gone in an instant. So, you know, we need to pray for people. Who, just because you lost your stuff doesn't mean, you know, that also continue to pray for those in Afghanistan. You know, we have a number of people still still there. Um, unfortunately, the U.S. government didn't use their policy, no man left behind. But Absolutely. And we left some dogs, too. Yeah. And a lot of And speaking of the hurricane, that— the post you were talking about, I, I spoke with that individual privately, and you know the anxiety of not knowing the, uh, they were out. Yeah, uh, some people evacuated. This one individual was was on a work trip, and maybe just now by the end of the week be able to get back, but has no idea if home is still there. Yeah, you know, that I can imagine. The, yeah, uh, that what that would be. Anyway, um, on, on a on a, on, a brighter day, on a brighter note, you know, don't mean to talk about some some draggy things, but I mean, you know, we do need to be praying for yeah. people going through a lot of stuff. I mean, the world is crazy right now, um, but we would love to hear from you guys. If you want to send us an email, you can send us an email at podcast at rama dot org. Um, rama spelled R H E M A, or you can like us on Facebook and Instagram at Rama Podcast. And don't forget, if you want to hear Doug Jones on this podcast, email djones at org. Yes, we've been trying to get Doug, and he keeps saying that he keeps ignoring us. So um, yeah. djones at org and say, you know, please um, please come on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. 
because what you have to say is worth something. It's valuable. It's valuable, you know. And plus, you know, be a good opportunity to pick on them too. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is something we we don't, don't pass those up. Yeah, we don't want to pass one of those opportunities to pick up. And in fact, um, once we decide we're going to put on a podcast, maybe we'll have people write in questions that they that they have. Yeah, for, there you go. For maybe the Bible answer man. <laughs> yeah. Now you know that I used to call Doug as when Bug a, Bug Bug Jones, and so I still do call him Bug Jones. Um, Anyway, well, on today's podcast, um, we have um, Pastors Colby and Afton Johnson. Are you guys from South Dakota? Yes, sir. All right. What, what, what's the church you guys pastor? Victory Life Church. Victory Life Church in what city? Well, it's in Brandon, South Dakota, just kind of a sub or hub of uh, Sioux Falls, so east of right. that. Sioux Falls, the South Dakota area. Right. Yeah. Right. I've been through there. Where's the, where's, where do you eat? I, I didn't have time. <laughs> didn't have time to eat. Oh, the, the airport? Yeah, yeah, no, no. I was, I was. Uh, we were talking off air uh, back in the late nineties. In between my first and second year at Rama, uh, uh, I ran the wheat harvest, and uh, South Gettysburg, South Dakota, was my favorite stop. And so I, we went up uh, from Ogallala, which was our stop before then. But then I made a trip home to Usher for camp meeting and. Part, I had to bring a trailer back, but when I went back up to finish harvest, I came in that way and I went. So I kind of traversed the state. It was my favorite place. I like South Dakota. But you didn't go eat anywhere. Didn't go eat. I was, I, back then, I couldn't afford to. Okay. <laughs> just, just to be real frank with you. Yeah. yeah. McDonald's. If, 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 if the boss's wife didn't pack it in a lunch, I didn't get it. All right. <laughs> All right. Anyway, enough about you, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but these guys are awesome because I love South Dakota, and they got a great governor. Yeah, yeah they do. Yeah. Yeah, Governor Nome, she's awesome and, you know, great, great things. So tell us your Rhema story. I'm not, you know, tell us some, you guys grow up in church or? Well, know? I didn't really grow up in a, in a Rhema church until I was in third grade. Um, I was at a Methodist Bible camp. And I was six years old, and it was the last day of camp. And one of the camp counselors in our in our uh, dormitories there, he just could not hold it any longer. He began to give a salvation message on the last day as we were packing up in the showers. Everybody's leaving, and so as he was sharing this gospel message, I it hit me, and I gave my life to Jesus. And then a few years later, we started attending a Rama church. Um, in our area, and then mid seven or mid eighties, um, haven't been down here, but can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear yeah, you. We're fine. something else. Yeah, there's but... something else is going on. Sounds like someone's <laughs> yeah. like, it's like I'm doing the rosary over here in case it's a rapture. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for, obviously you guys can't see what's going on, but there's sounds like someone is up on the catwalk above above our studio, making a bunch of noise. <laughs> Either that or a bomb's going off yeah, outside. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so we're in the mid-80s. <laughs> so we're in the mid-80s. So my mom, um, bless her heart, she loaded up our 1978 Ford LTD four-door. Mm. <laughs> it was green in color, not an attractive green, and a cooler full of food for the week. And we went down to Word Explosion down by ORU, and then she, at the last day, drove over here to Rama's campus with us three kids, and she said, who wants to go to Rama?" Wow. Wow. And uh, from there, my 
sister and I went to Rama, graduated in the mid nineties, and then my other sister actually went to ORU. So um from there just uh got married later to Afton and she hadn't been to Rama. Um she had not grown up. Well, I'll let you just share your story because you have a very powerful oh. testimony. <clears throat> well, I should have brought my phone so I could have a timer right here. That's y'all. okay. Don't worry about it. We, we, we don't worry about time. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I would say I was introduced to the Lord at a young age. Both my parents actually uh, got radically saved out of the Mormon church. Oh, wow. Yeah. My mom and my dad. Um and my mom first, and at that point, they had left the Mormon church, but they weren't serving the Lord. They were what my parents would call themselves. My mom always said they were Jack Mormons. So uh, my dad was a radio man, grew up on radio, had a wild lifestyle. Uh, my mom followed suit, had kids at a young age. She got married at 16 and um, had my first brother. So um, my upbringing, as far as in church, was very limited in the things of God because they got radically saved when I was young and my dad was on fire wanting to serve the Lord, but he didn't want to witness to Mormons anymore. Mm. So they lived in Salt Lake City, Utah, and he decided to sell everything we have, move us to Laredo, Texas in a van and down um, by the river down mm. by literally, literally, <laughs> literally. I am not kidding you. We lived on the Casablanca Lake, so, could view, could see the Rio Grande actually. And so um, through that process, my mom and dad were serving God, but um, because they had completely left the will of God, which they both would admit that now, there was no grace to operate. And so it wasn't long before old habits and lifestyles just relapsed. And my father um, uh, just kind of let go of the things of God. But the thing that was pivotal in that moment in my life was we went through a trailer fire and um, he spoke to me. So clearly at five years old, there was a Bible of mine that survived. The fire was on the top shelf in the closet where the fire started in the trailer and everything was burned to the ground. And my whole family, six members were all saved. But in that moment, that was when I knew there really is a God. And so I just share that little moment because flash flash ahead, my dad's trying to get back to where his calling is and he moves us to Laramie, Wyoming um, both my parents get divorced. My mom turns to alcoholism. My father walks away from God. And so for the most of my upbringing, I didn't go to church. Um, I had never heard of word of faith, had never heard of the believer's authority or any of those things. And so I actually come to Christ through a very traumatic situation. And I'm really leaving a lot out for you. But um, it was my freshman year of college. I'm going to the University of Wyoming. And I just got a college scholarship, first person in my family to ever attend a university in any of the generations. And so I really thought I was living it up. And I had a brother who was my best friend in the whole world. And uh, he ended up going to prison for life. Oh, wow. So um, in that moment, it was a highly political trial. It was actually international. And I could no longer continue school. So in that moment, I cried out to God. I moved um, my whole life. I moved to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where nobody knew my face or my name. And um, I met my husband, 
Colby, and at the time, my sister-in-law, Sarah, who was a Rama grad. So she was a youth pastor, and she uh, just ministered to me because she knew this hell that I'd just come out of. You know, this trial that I'd gone through, I mean, there were snipers on the roof. There was uh, protests outside of my college campus. There, It was terrifying. It was beyond that. It was getting carried out of mobs of media in a cradle hold um, as a scared 18, 19-year-old little girl. And the whole world was crying out for the death penalty. Um, the president at the time was Bill Clinton. He was standing on the stairs of the White House saying that my brother was going to get the death penalty and he would make sure of it. Mm. And so I move out to South Dakota, excuse me, and just let my whole life go. I was going to be a pediatric cardiologist. That was my aim. I was cheering for the University of Wyoming. That was my life. And uh, I let it all go because I couldn't continue there anymore. And I surrendered my life to Christ. And while I was in Laramie, I went to a four-square church. And I went down to that altar alone. And everybody in that whole town knew who I was. Um, they were familiar with my father. He was radio, radio personality of the town. And so at that time, I just didn't care. I just knew at that altar that God was going to meet me. So through that, I moved to South Dakota, and I meet this amazing girl. She's a Rama graduate. She's my brother's wife. She's a youth pastor, and she has this really great brother. <laughs> Colby. And um, so he's a Rama graduate. I don't know what Rama is, but I just, um, I was fed on Rama. I didn't know that. They would hand me CDs. Here, listen to this. How do you like this preacher? It was kind of funny because Colby would give me like Keith Moore, you know, and it would be like straight over my head. I was like, but I wanted to impress him. So I'd say, well, yeah, what did you think of that one? And I was like, it was, that was good. <laughs> and then he'd say, well, how about this one? And he'd give me Kenneth Copeland. And then it, that one was like whoosh, straight over my head. And I thought, can we listen to more of that Jesse guy, that Jesse Duplantis guy? You know, and so I could handle it. <laughs> At least if you <laughs> laugh, if nothing else. Yeah. yeah he's, he was speaking my language, you know. And so uh, I, I needed a lot of Joyce Meyer. You know, she spanks you, but it feels good. And so I just like did some spiritual growing. And I didn't know I was being Rhema fed and when I say that like word of faith raised and um Colby kept talking about where he had gone to school and we eventually get married and we go through I think 14 years of marriage we've done ministry together um he was an associate pa well a youth pastor then an associate pastor of assembly of God church out where we're from and and I would do more itinerant like I would be guest ministering at high schools or um camps, youth things. Uh, I do just a lot more just public speaking. And then um, all of a sudden one day he comes to me and we had just resigned our position at the church we were at. We just felt like God was moving our worlds together. We didn't know what that should look like. And he goes, I really want you to go to Rama, just even if it's for one year. And we'd been in ministry 14 and I thought, well, that sounds crazy. You know, like, isn't that going backwards? And he said, no, you just have to experience it. But I do have to pause because he took me to Rama for the very first time the previous summer for camp meeting. And I got down here and I was like, 
these are my people. <laughs> like, where have these people been? I mean, I to to say what you what you experience down here, you don't get up north, not nearly to that degree. So everything that I was receiving was recorded, you yeah. know. So we're not in that moment. And I mean, Mark Hankins was walking on the pews, and um, people were falling down like crazy. And I just thought, wow. And and my whole world was opened up to the degree of this is amazing. And so he comes to me and says, I want you to go to Rama. And I, I backed out. I chickened out. I got scared because I said, we have children, your career. We, we had a real estate school. That was how we lived. And we had just um, gone through the recession of 2008 and come back from that and lost the house. And as a woman and a mom, I'm like, you're nuts. We, we can't do that. And um, he said, okay, well, I just want you to pray about it. And I had decided not to. It was really wild because that year that I had said no, everything that could be shaken was shaken. Shaken, I'm talking my physical health. I went on a, on an ambulance ride off. I was headed to a speaking engagement and I got taken off the highway. Um, I, my, our marriage hit an all time low and we weren't barely even speaking. And it was the worst year of my entire life. It was probably worse than going through my brother's trial. All these things in my world. I couldn't even drive my kid to school. I'd have to pull over on the side of the road. And what they had said was I had this um, general anxiety disorder, but it was coming out in like fibromyalgia. I had tons of pain in my body. And lots of it probably was from childhood trauma. And, And this kid that slept like a newborn who was three, my son Gideon, and so the sleep disruption, my nervous system was hit and my marriage was on the rocks and everything that could be shaken was. And I came to Rama by myself in uh, to Winter Bible Seminar. And I knew I, like without him. And it was a, it was brave because I had not even driven an hour in my car since I got taken in that ambulance. So we get down here and I'm watching World Homecoming. And I'm watching these flags come across the stage Mm. and I just began to weep I was sitting up in the balcony you know that's the best place to sit for world homecoming it is and I watched and I just had no idea I had no idea that Rama touched so many and as these flags came in I just sat there and I went I want to be a part of this and I felt like it was impossible and I just said God if Colby asks me to go to Rama again, I will say yes. And I just, I didn't tell Colby. I just waited. And in May, so that's February, in May of that year, Colby came to me again and he said, I really think you should consider going to Rama. And I said, yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. I will go to Rama. I will do whatever it takes. I just want to be in the center of God's will. And I didn't realize part of that coming here, because for me, I thought he was wanting me to be trained up more. And so that was humbling for me. But at the same time, he was saying, I need to go home. And I didn't realize that because I didn't know home. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a nomad. I was raised that way. And so I... Now know, knowing what I know, that Colby 
in in the the broken dreams and the places that he had been since he had left Rama and his expectations on what ministry should be. Oh boy. <laughs> yep. He needed to come home. And so part of that year, and it was a sacrifice. I, he dropped me off that first day. It was wild. Um, actually, I didn't get a call from Nona at the um, missions office. office yeah. Missions yeah, office. Um, yeah, she, she's, I'm calling her and she's like, I don't got your approval le- letter, which was hilarious. So I'm like, well, what if they don't approve me? And my sister's like, my sister-in-law's like, you're ridiculous. They'll approve you. <laughs> and I said, well, they might not. And Colby goes, well, I guess you're just going to have to find a hobby because we had to load the trailer. So I've got the trailer. And this is a girl walking out, healing from anxiety, according to the doctor. Right. And I'm not taking the meds because I'm not taking meds. God, you're going to heal me. Right. So we've got the trailer door down. I'm carrying on the box and putting it on the trailer. And Nona calls and she's like, you're approved. So. We load up, we come down, he drops me off on a Saturday, unloads, and he leaves on Sunday to go home to work the business and teach. So two, one, two, or three weeks out of a month, every month, he would go to South Dakota and he'd teach. And I was here with our boys knowing no one, like not a soul. And so it was so funny. I just, the first thing I remember is him pulling out of the driveway or coming back, bringing back some groceries. And he said, okay, when you leave here, because I'm from South Dakota. He goes, don't go right. Don't turn right. And I was like, well, why? And he goes, just don't. Go left. Go left. Because the neighborhood to the right of us was something like I've never seen. (laughs) (laughs) And as he's gone, I'm looking through the apartment, and I'm like, what's this little button with the police symbol on it in the rooms? I'm like, is that a thing? Yeah, so it was like, a whole new world. The website pictures look great. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're out there and you're thinking, didn't show Rama, the rest of the neighborhood. don't go on their pictures. So anyway, but that is my Rama story. I didn't know how to chop it up for you, um, how I ended up here. And it became something that like, just, it's, it's not describable. That's amazing. Yes. Um, so if you're listening out there and you're thinking, you know what? Everything is going crazy in my life right now. I mean, this doesn't seem to work out. Maybe Rhema Bible Training College is a, is a place for you. Or, or maybe you've been in ministry for a long time. Like They've been in ministry for a long time, and you just feel that you need more. Rhema Bible Training College, rbtc.org. Whether you're 18 or you're 86, you know, you, know, you can come to Rhema. We have people of all age. Because some of us say, well, it's a college. I mean, everyone there is young, right? Well, no, not actually. I mean, there are a number of young folks because, you know, they – I feel that's what God called them to do, but there's many, many people doing making a career change or doing stuff like that. So if you'll go to rbtc.org and you'll give us your information, be sure to give us your phone number, your email, and we'll have one of our student ambassadors give you a call, talk to you about Rama, and also try to schedule a time for you to come and visit, whether it's at our college weekend or just come visit at any time, because there's something about coming here on campus. So when, when you come here on campus, you can feel a difference. And, you know, it is interesting how... how how you, you said that, you know, he, need, he needed to come home, but Tulsa is not his home, you know, but it's, you know, it's interesting how we have, you know, Rama students and graduate graduates from around the world. Once they come to Tulsa, it becomes home. It becomes home. It becomes exactly. home. And in fact, um, you know, um, even some of our employees, I know I was talking to one of our employees and he's, he's well, well, it's our, it's, it's our, our resident um, singing jukebox, um, Anthony Washington, who's from Detroit, Detroit, Detroit Michigan. And he says, Craig, Detroit's not home. 
I mean, I grew up there and, and everything, but you know, what, every time I go back to visit, I mean, I don't mind visiting my family and things, but I'm ready to get back home. You know, Tulsa has become his home, Tulsa Broken Arrow. In fact, so what's become his home, he just bought a home. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just interesting. There's, there's something about coming home. Um, and you're, you're talking about worldwide homecoming. Um, that's an event we have every three to four years or so, depending on you know, the calendar. And this next Winter Bible Seminar is worldwide homecoming. And that's where we have um, some of our graduates from around the world. We have, I said, 275, 76, 80 campuses, I'm not sure right now. You know, in 51 countries around the world, we've graduated over 90,000 Rayma grads. In fact, um, I believe by next year we'll have 100,000 oh, yeah. Rayma grads. And so um, um, it's coming up February the 20th through the 25th. That's 2022. Um, that's Worldwide Homecoming. And, you know, there is something about the flag ceremony um, that, that you're talking about. I mean, where you can see all these flags from all these nations around the world that's been affected um, by Rama, and it's just it's just something to see, and um, you know I don't know how anyone could see that and not understand how much effect we're having on the world. You know, and I know right now it seems like the world is crazy, and um, you know it's been a little frustrating not being able to go to our international campuses, but um, I mean they're still going really well. Um, even some of our American leaders who not had me go back home to their campus. But we've been doing things through Zoom, through all kinds of, all kinds of stuff, and um, well, and the proof of the fact that they've raised up, they've raised up leadership, indigenous there. to those places. That's that's what it's all about. Yeah, so it's been very limited with the travel. I know. Um, I'm still was trying to get to Norway. It's been two years, and I haven't made it to Norway for their graduation. Um, you know, so supposed to go to Greece, and things aren't working out that way either. But praise God, God's doing great things around the world. So. Let me ask you this question. It's always interesting. So, Kobe, whenever you came to Rama, how, how old were you when when you came first came to Rama for to attend the school to attend the school for your first year? I was eighteen. You're eighteen. And then how how old were you whenever you you came? Thirty. That's good enough. Thirty five. Thirty ish. That's good enough. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to point out that not everybody yeah. comes to come to Rama you know, is, is eighteen yeah. or nineteen years of old, of of age. You know, um, because um it. You know, it's 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 a unique situation. Now, whenever, actually, I I first attended Oral Roberts University, um, and um, I was going to school, and I I was with a couple. There was a couple who was retired, and they they were. I was a freshman, and they were, um, you know, they were in class, and it, it was a little tough. I, I will tell you that um, our academics isn't really that hard, <laughs> and so the whole point of Rama is is not to try to fool you by tests and things like that because they were having all kinds of issues with humanities and things like that so but i transferred to oklahoma state and have a degree in accounting from oklahoma state university then i went to rainbow training college graduate graduate um or i mean osu in 91 and raymond 93 now did you just come one year here to raymond then yeah um we wanted to stay here and live here we were like we're moving in this is gonna be home we're gonna live in this big fat faith bubble and, um, you know, because I don't know if you've been north, but that's home of the frozen chosen. <laughs> yeah. So there is a reason we don't live up north. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, we were going to get a house and we we're going to just do those things. I don't know if you want to share like how that went down. But well, let's, first of all, let's go back to, to when you graduate. Kobe. Yeah. Um, so you graduate from Rama, And then what, what did you do next? I mean, I mean you know, she kind of talked sure. a little bit about but let's talk about your progression. Well, I was 100% convinced that when I got out of Rama that summer, 
I graduate, I was going to be just like all my friends, and I was going to get ministry, ministerial positions somewhere. Yeah. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. No. It didn't happen. And uh, I tried and tried and tried, and I end up working secular job and just serving in the church wherever I could, helping out. And so you were uh, back home? I went back home. Okay. And I would apply at different states. I did anybody that would take me. I applied, and I I don't know if I just needed help with my resume or what, but I could not get a ministerial job. And actually, it wasn't until after after I got married, a few years after that, that a job opened up. And um, so I attended um, 96. I was down here, 97 for camp meeting. And then I actually hadn't been back to Rama until that camp meeting of 2012. Wow. And it just, um, it was like, for me, almost a spank from God saying, Kobe, why have you waited so long? Because when I came down here, it is, it's just like coming home. When we come down off of 169, we get through Owasso and we come to the northern part of Tulsa, it's just like the clouds break open and it's home. Angels sing. Angels sing, yeah. and we're home. And it's that way every time. And um, if I hadn't come down in 12 uh, to camp meeting, Afton would not have went to Rama. We would still be bumping around from ministerial position to position. We would never started the church. It never would have happened. We just had to get our footings established and get back. And uh, I... I, I know I graduated so many friends that I don't know when the last time is they darkened the campus yeah, of Rama, yeah, but they yeah. need to get down here. Yeah. You need to come back and home. I got my faith inoculation here. I mean, if you were going to tell me before, you know, you're going to be a pastor's wife, I had said, no, I don't want to be a pastor's wife at all. And we would never have started the church. I got healed during that year, completely healed. And... That was, and that had to happen. There's no way we would have been strong enough. Yeah, right. ministry is tough. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Ministry is not an easy <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. And, um, you know, the, the one thing about ministry is not only do you have your own problems, you got to deal with everyone else's problems. I mean, you know, um, you sit there every, like someone was telling me there, they go, Craig, you know, I, I talk to people, I'm helping their marriage, I'm helping their, you know, financial situation. I mean, right. I mean it just gets overbearing sometimes. You know, because, right. you know, you're still trying to deal with your own issues in life. And we, we all have issues. Even Tony, he, he, he has issues, um, <laughs> you know, you know, but, but, you know, we're trying to deal with other people's issues as well. And sometimes they can get overbearing. And that's when we have to you know, lean on God, you know, God, you know, not to sometimes we get really wrapped up in everybody else's problems. I mean, you know, because we feel empathy, we feel bad for but you know, we can only do so much. I mean, you know, I told my wife the other day, I said, you know, I can't save the whole world. I mean, you know, you know, I try, but but it's you know, it's right. it's um, it gets a little bit thing because I, I got so many people right now that have been trying to, hey, can I talk to you? Can I set? I mean, I'm like, I mean, you know, my schedule's pretty busy, so it's just, you know, it's tough. And so, you know, especially if you're dealing with anxiety issues like you were said you're you're dealing with. I mean, that's, you know, that's not an easy thing either. Um, you know, to to deal with. Um, I know that. I'm sure that you probably have, because we talk about anxiety attacks, you know, when you're driving, I've talked to people that, I mean, they know that I've never you know, felt that I'm, I'm probably one of the lowest key persons I know. And, you know, I guess I'm, I also, 
Anytime I think about something, like if it told me I had anxiety problems, then I, I would actually, well, the scripture says, don't be anxious <laughs> for anything, but by everything. But, you know, so, so I always go to the scripture. And so it's thought of it's just, it's my grandfather. He, you know, I grew up listening to him and, the, you know, all I think about is the word. There, there's nothing you can tell me. It's why I'm not afraid of anything because God has not given me a spirit of fear. So if it's, if I'm afraid of something, that means it's not from God. And so it's pretty much, you know, for me, you know, it's hard for me to have anxiety or have, you know, these, these things, um, just cause I know what the word says. And, um, you know, those are things you had to get over. And it is interesting. I don't know how many people have told us whenever they came to Rama, they were dealing with physical issues, dealing with emotional issues. And, you know, they got their healing, you know, not, not that necessarily you, you came to Rama to get healed, but you got your healing while just sitting there in class and, you know, and probably it's just hearing the word. Mm-hmm. I mean, like my grandfather says, the number one people, the number one reason why people do not get healed is they don't want, they don't know what the word says. Because once we know what the word says, then we can combat anything with the word. And you know, that's I, you know, we, the Bible talks about being a doer of the word. Well, you can't be a doer of something you don't know what it says. And so, you know, I, I know talking to my grandfather to ask him anything. Well, I'd, I'd say I'd ask him any kind of question. He goes, well, what? Does the Bible say? And so he, he wouldn't give me a scripture. He wouldn't make me give him a scripture. And then he goes, well, that's what you should do. I'm that's like, your answer. That's your answer. I'm, I'm like, but you didn't answer my question. Yeah. And he goes, no, I didn't have to because the scripture answered your question. And so, you know, because of that, I just quit asking him anything. Um, and, you know, except for, you know, the one thing that I did ask and I was a marvelous opportunity to have a headache because he always would say mm-hmm. the last headache he had was August 1933. Passed up many marvelous opportunities to have a headache. And I'd ask him, what's a marvelous opportunity to have a headache? And he said, my head hurt. And I said, well, you had, <laughs> I said, well, you had a headache. He goes, no, I had the symptoms of a headache. But when the symptoms came, I confessed the word over the symptoms. And that's what we need to do in anything, you know, right. for, from a headache to COVID-19 to, you right. know, whatever we're going through to anxiety. You know, when those symptoms come, instead of saying I have something, I mean, you know, I was talking to a doctor the other day. I said, how many people have sat in your office right here and tell you, you know, tell them I have cancer? He goes, well, plenty of them. He said, you know, but if we have something, that means we're trying to keep it. You know, if we have the symptoms of something, then we're trying to get rid of it. So, um, you know, that's something that he taught me. And he doesn't really, he doesn't go, he never really went into what a marvelous opportunity to have a headache was. And so it's kind of interesting, but his head hurt. <laughs> you know, because many people will say, well, he, his head's never hurt in, in, you know, 60 some odd years or whatever it was, um, you know, 50 years. And no, he, he had an opportunity to keep his headache. And that's something we need to realize. And that's, that's a freebie for today's program. Um, <laughs> that's good. I'll do a quick segue back to your story. Something there you said uh, caught my attention and maybe there's somebody listening out here today. It might, might help them, but you know, the, the struggle, the, the frustration with uh, not finding a ministry position, right? Uh, you know, God's timing is always perfect. A hundred percent. And, and, uh, what you had to do was just keep putting one foot in front of the other, keep following him, stay the course. Because uh, at any place along there, even 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 a good ministry opportunity could have got you off course of meeting and marrying Afton and what precipitated into now the church. And so, you know, wh- whoever you are, wherever you are, don't get frustrated just because you don't feel like doors are opening. Trust him and, and keep moving. Well, and if I could be honest, I don't know if I was ready. Yeah. Yeah, there was times I, I would say that. Yet yeah, for me, the same thing. Yeah, yeah. 
because I, I, I thought I was ready, matching myself up with my friends. I thought yeah. I'm just as spiritual as they are, but sometimes you force yourself into something and it wrecks you because yep. you're not yep. ready. And I always look at Joseph and that story, that account of Joseph, right? It's not a story. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's an That's account. Good. That's right. But that account of Joseph, I always look at who gave Pharaoh the dream? It was God. Mm-hmm. And Joseph sat there, not, in Pot- not only in Potiphar's house, but in prison all those years. And it was like that ding of the microwave that it's done, or like the, the little button pops out of the turkey, lets you know the turkey's done. I believe that God was just getting all of what Joseph needed to get developed, getting everything mm. ready throughout all of that time of serving and management and preparing him. And the very moment that that ding happened, that turkey's ready, Joseph's ready, that night, Pharaoh had the dream because why was it at that point? Why wasn't it a year before mm. or two years after? But he couldn't just put Joseph in that when he wasn't ready. He'd wreck him. Yeah. And I think that God was actually saving me. Protecting you. He's protecting yeah. me. And I looked at like he's failing me, but he's actually loving me. That's right. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, something That's else. a good word for somebody. Yeah, something else is not only do you have to be ready, Afton had to get, be ready as well to support you. And you know, I don't know if he, yeah. she was at that point you know, as well. Right, um, right. I mean, if you'd have met her any sooner, you'd have probably made her anxious. <laughs> uh, well, I would, if I, again, I had to be honest, I, I guarantee some of that anxiousness was just because of being married to me. Oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's a whole it's, nother. It's yeah. me, it's me, oh, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Yeah. yeah. And, but also something else that you've said, and, and I, you know, our number of listeners obviously are already Raymond graduates. And we do want to encourage you guys to come home as much as you can. I mean, come back to Raymond. You know, and I, th- I think you should try to come to at least one of our events you know, every year, whether it it be the you know Winter Bible Seminar, Camp Meeting, Men's Conference, Women's Conference, or whatever it might be, at least one. It would be better if you, you, know, you and your wife could come together. But, I mean, if whatever works out, works out. Um, because I think that there's something about coming back home and staying connected. I also like to encourage you guys to um, – um, be connected to other pastors in your area through, through RMAI. That's that's a, a big thing. You know, a lot of people think they don't really need fellowship, but, you know, they really do. Yeah. And a, a lot of times they, they think they don't. They think they have everything, you know, under control. And I think one thing that's really hard for a lot of pastors to show their weaknesses and show, you know, to tell somebody else, hey, things aren't going really well. Yeah, be, to be vulnerable. To, to be vulnerable, you know. And one of Tony's jobs is for you to tell him. Things aren't going well. <laughs> yeah, I'm like a priest. Sometimes, sometimes I just turn my collar around backwards. And, <laughs> I mean, you know, but, I can't absolve you of your sins, though. Yeah, so I mean that that's I mean that's one of the reasons he's here is to, is to help you know our our ministers to get through whatever situation it might be. Doesn't matter what it involves. It involves the church. It involves your personal life because you know what? In, in, unless you're on top of your game, you you really can't. I mean, think about the the the, the people. You know, they're the people in your church are getting ministered by you, and, and if you're a quote unquote loser, I mean, <laughs> I mean, think about that. I mean, a lot of times, if you're not where you need to be spiritually or or, or whatever, um, you know. And I know, obviously, God can use a donkey, so He can probably use you as well. So it's um, you know, but it's um, you know, it's tough. I'm I'm thinking, man, if if that's all that person had, I mean, you know, and the people go to his church and then or her church and. You know, it's so I think it's it's really good to come home and get get refired up. Well, like you were talking about, you know, not think, you know, where you were probably honestly, maybe not ready. 
was speaking with one minister last week, I guess it was week before, in a transition and just just not doing good, you know. And um, in the course of the conversation, I uh, shared a little bit of my story with him. And I said, you know, the year I spent working in the landfill in, ministry, in between ministry, that was the best place for me, the trash dump. I needed I needed to be away from people. Hmm? I, right. I was dangerous. Right. And so that was a good place for me to heal up with the trash. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. and I just, um, for Colby, I mean, if he's okay with me sharing it, he, I think he just was so broken in certain failures and in, in decisions that he had made. So I don't, I think that he kind of had gotten to a place where he discounted himself or, for lack of a better word and coming home for him meant of a healing. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that sure. sitting in the classroom with me <clears throat> because alumni can sit in the classroom yeah. and, and coming in and sitting in the marriage because we had the, is it marriage? Uh, marriage and family, family class. Marriage ministry. and family yeah. ministry. And our marriage, it needed refreshing. It needed healing. Um, there was so much, healing that happened that's way beyond just what I was phys- physically carrying. I mean, I was carrying this man with broken hopes and dreams and trying to fix him and, mm. and losing myself. So just, I, you know, if I could encourage anybody to get home for that purpose, that's good. you better do it. Um, or maybe you've sat on the fence and God put a call in your life years ago and you don't know how to get there from where you are and you feel that you're too old. Well, I was, 35 sitting in the classroom and I think I got more out of having done ministry and I was getting my life that's what my 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 black friends in the classroom because you know for where I'm from we're like there's not very many of those very I mean to the t those girls dressed you know with their hair and all their nails and (laughs) we get done and they'd be like girl I got my life in that class and I was like yes (laughs) and we just sit there and um, they're half my age, and I'm just like, listen, you better be listening up because what they just said, it's going to happen, yeah. and you're going to need that. So I don't even think you know what you need to take notes on. But I was taking notes on everything, even the, the rabbit trails that you would take and, and all the different nuggets of... She pointed at you, Greg, when she said rabbit trails. <laughs> yes. you <know> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... They had no idea because there were these young, well, around me, there was these young students. And I was like, listen, if you've been in ministry and you need to come to Rama because you need that uh, rest, do that. Because you need the word and, and the instruction and the wisdom that is just coming from you pulling on the inside. That's what they told me, you know, sit on the edge of your seat and and pull on the inside. And I think. In, even in that, in every class, I was pulling out. I mean, these were all first years, and I was a first year, but I wasn't a first year, yeah. you yeah. know. And so I was pulling out what I needed, and it was so good. Our whole family got healed. Um, our little boys went to Victory School. Love that school. Um, and my son, who, you know, he was in third grade at the time, and I was anxious over every parent-teacher conference because Every time it was like, your son can't focus. Your son can't focus. Your son can't focus. And so I brought him here for third grade. First of all, Oklahoma has no common core. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But he sat in that classroom, and my 
first parent-teacher conference there. Colby was up north. I was alone, and she got done in 15 minutes and was smiling. And I was like, well, is there more? You know? And she goes, no. Y- you mean he's good? Yeah, he's wonderful. I said, really? Yeah. And I said, he doesn't have problems focusing? She says, No. Like, looked at me at a cow at a new gate and was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, wow. I mean, she, my son was getting healed right down Praise here at Rama, And then my little three-year-old Gideon, I'll never forget sitting in uh, Qdoba. It was Wednesday night coming to church here. And I had the boys eating Qdoba right down the road. And on the video screens, all these little alarms started going off. Well, first he was at the park and the sky was black. And that three-year-old little boy went to one corner and he he looks up at that black sky and he says, in Jesus' name, go away. And then he runs over to the next corner and he looks up at the next corner at the black sky and he says, in in Jesus' name, go away. And he did it to all four corners, like this bold little, and I'd never told him to do that. Okay. So I'm figuring he either got that at school or he got that in Raymond Kids Church, but he was telling that storm off. So we go over to Qdoba and all these circular things are around the whole outskirts of Broken Arrow. All like you could see it on the on the screen. And I said, what are those? And the person next to me was like, those are tornadoes. And I said, what? There was like 11 of them. I said, like, they're touching down tornadoes. And they said, yeah. And I said, what? But they were all on the edge. None of them came in. None of them. And I thought, I think my three year old did that. <laughs> I really do. Uh, I just, Amen. your whole family, I mean, if you're sitting there with a family and you're like, how can I do this? I'm, I'm raising children. Well, how can you not? That's how, good. How can you not? What my kids got, even in the short time we were able to be here, I wanted to stay here, but every time they dropped on that map and they'd show all where all the lights went in the United States, there's a map in class that they would show dots where everybody went to in the United States. And I saw like <laughs> one dot in South Dakota. I went. You're sending me home, aren't you? (laughs) Because it was heaven here. The kids were getting what they needed. We were getting what they needed. You you won't miss, I promise. If God's telling you to go, it's never too late. Amen. That's good. Yeah. So once again, if you're out there listening and and you, you know, either you feel called to ministry or maybe you just want to learn more about the Bible, rbtc.org. If you'll just go go online, um, look it up. There's all kinds of information about Rama. We're putting more things every day. And if you'll give us your, your name, your ad, your address, and your, actually just your name and your email and your phone number, we'll have one of our student ambassadors give you a call, talk to you about Rhema, try to schedule a time for you to come and visit us at Rhema Bible Training College right here. And, you know, don't let the movie twist or scare you about Oklahoma. Um, you know, um, you know. I mean, it's been a while since I saw a cow fly, so you're, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a cow fly, but, but, you know, even all over, cause we, we do, you know, tornado damage, you know, we go help out people in, in Wexford. It's been, it's been about three years. And in fact, we put up all our stuff away because we hadn't had to help anyone. Now the last tornado hit Tulsa has been a long time ago. So praise God, because we have kids that know how to pray <laughs> you know, and adults as well. So, you know, don't let Twister now, you know, if you want to watch some people said, well, I watched Twister before I came to Rama. And he said, well, maybe it's not a, not a thing to watch before you come to Rama, but you know we, we do have tornadoes, and but we have tornadoes. We have tornadoes in Kansas too. Obviously, you watch Wizard of Oz, you figure about that. But anyway, um, we're gonna talk, we'll talk more about about what you guys are doing at your church on our next um, podcast. But give us your website. You guys have a website um, for Victory Life Church? Yes, VictorySouthDakota.com. All right, VictorySouthDakota.com, and so you can um, 
Check them out. Check out their ministry and what they're doing. We'll talk more about that next podcast. Amen. Well, here at Rama, we're bringing hope, help, and healing to the world. God bless you guys. Take care. Have a wonderful day. 